Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we're agents with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors in Wisconsin Rapids. That is right. So last week we talked about paint. Paint. And the joys of, of painting. Yes. So this week we finally hit, oh my gosh, it's cold. It, it is frigid. Um, this is January weather. That's in February. Today is the 20th of February, 2020. And it's hard to believe that February is almost over with nine more days. It is a leap year. So we get that extra day in Jan- or in February. So oh, much fun. Yeah. So. It's also an early Easter. So Ash Wednesday and um, Mardi Gras is a little bit earlier this year. It'll be next week. Next mm-hmm. week is Fat Tuesday. We'll be over at Bullseye Country or Bullseye Golf Course and uh, with the Chamber of Commerce with their Mardi Gras celebration. Well, that'll be fun. It will be. That's in the middle of the week. So, mm-hmm. Fat Tuesday. So, this week we did go out and tour some homes on our Wednesday tour. We did. We toured some very lovely homes. We had 1404 Stony Brook Road over in Rudolph. And that was a really cool farmhouse. So very farmhousey on a farm. So there was several outbuildings. They took a secondary. It was one of it was a barn. It was a small barn. Yeah, it was a small yeah. barn, and they turned that into a living quarters. So they actually rent that that space out. So that was kind of really neat to see and kind of take a look at that one. Yeah, it's uh, fifty six acres. So mm-hmm. it's got the main farmhouse, a large barn. An actual like functional barn you can have horses and whatnot in. Right. Um, and then, or dogs. Or what whatever you'd like. However many dogs. Mm-hmm. Twenty dogs. You might need a kind of license at that point. Right. But it's in Rudolph. It's in the town of Rudolph, not the village of Rudolph. Which is different. Which is different. And so you'll be under um probably more of the Wood County zoning zoning ordinance rules. So um it does have the ability to separate and segregate out. Um, it, it has multiple different tax ID numbers on it as too, so it's already like right. pre-plotted. So it's it's not really all 56 acres are connecting. There is a road between 14 acres that they used for hunting land, so that could be sold off. And it looked like there was some already kind of pre-surveyed um, out lots that could be sold off yet too on top of it so it's just a matter of what would you like to do with 56 acres so and i think it butts up right close to the river, river. as well yeah yeah one of the parcels actually has river access to it so kind of depending upon what you're looking for in in this there's lots of different options so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. then we went over to 431 glenwood heights that was the uh more accessible house, huge kitchen. It was the sprawling ranch. It was huge. It was. Huge. The house went on forever. Big kitchen. It, it was a very nice kitchen. Um, open concept. Yes, very open concept living. And the nice thing is, is they were forward thinking on handicap accessible. So everything in this house is handicap accessible. There is a chairlift for the basement and it's not steep stairs. It's a more of a nice little gentle roll it or gentle stairs and wide and wide so it has room for the for the chairlift and plus someone could actually be walking right with them as well mm-hmm. so nice big wide stairs but the really cool thing about that house was the bathroom doors the bathroom doors were dual swing 
So depending upon if you had your walker or in a wheelchair and you needed the door to go the other way, you just kind of flipped a switch. It was a stopper, right? Yeah, it was a small spring-loaded ball bearing in the middle of it that stopped in the middle. And so that way you could have the door swing either which way. So every single bathroom in the house had that option, which was really nice. And it's also handy if you're maybe not, um, if you are ambulatory, but not so functional with your hands as much to Mm -hmm. grab a door and pull it open, you can just push your way through all the doors either going in or out of any of the rooms. Mm Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is, I think that we thought that the master bedroom was actually on the lower level. So they had one bedroom, a bedroom suite in the basement. It had a nice big, they had a king bed in that room, and there was still plenty of room. Had the walk-in closet. It had a bathroom in there, and it also had a tornado shelter in that room, too. So we were- They dug in underneath the front porch, so it's concrete overhead and all around. So we were kind of talking with some of the other agents in the office or- they always ask, so is this the master as we're walking through and we see a bedroom with a bathroom attached and a walk-in closet? So like, so is this the master or was it the master over there? Or what, how, do you, how do you tell what is a master ba- bedroom? Well, I hear that the master bedroom is whichever one you want it to be. Very true. You know, so, some people do like to have that bedroom with the bathroom attached, that, that suite, the bedroom suite for their guest bedroom. So that way their guest has their own private bathroom. Right. And then they could use uh, perhaps the bathroom that's available to everyone is uh, more upscaled as far as that one is having the steam shower and the soaking tub in it because that way everyone can use it. and They don't have to go through mm-hmm. a bedroom to get to it. Very true. Whereas maybe that ensuite is just a single shower and a stool and a vanity. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, you get up in the morning and that's what you do and it's just your basics, what you need to do to get ready for the day. Whereas the more luxurious bathroom is open to everyone in the house. Right. So where's your priorities? You know, Um, and then for me, I like the basement. Um, I like to sleep in a cave. You do? Um, Sound is kind of deadened. Light is, of course, deadened, although this had a full egress window in it, so it was it was very light throughout the whole entire house. It was. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even though we had the bedroom in the basement, there was still a family room. It was very, the natural light came through where they had the window placement so that way they could use that natural light versus having lights turned on. And they did have uh, three bedrooms up in the main floor too. Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. And then we went to five, well, two, one, five, one five. three, one. Words are hard today. Hey. It's, it's cold. It is cold. So 1531 Rosewood Avenue, um, and that one's listed for $189.9. And the really neat thing about this particular property, it's a zero lot line. So everyone's going, okay, Carrie, what's a zero lot line? I I know you got that look in in your eye of where is she going? Is she talking duplex? Right. Well, it's sort of, it's going to be like a duplex, but the, you don't own both sides. Ah. So there is a shared wall amongst the two two residents. So you're only living on one side. You only own one side. And your lot, your house may go exactly up to the lot line. So you have zero room to expand. So that's where we get our zero lot line, I believe, is from. So those are some very unique properties. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot here in Rapids. The Rosewood Estates was built that way. 
That way they could put more space in the house mm-hmm. per footprint on uh, ground. And these so. are homes designed for families. So mm-hmm. this is not a 55 and, and older community. This is for for regular families. Right. So there are some restrictions and some covenances about, you know, if you do have families, you know, there, I know that was talked about that there's no play structures on on any of the properties. There is a common area on that block where everybody can have like, a, there's a walking path around it and someone takes care of that. There's a caretaker of that center part. Yeah. The uh, homeowners association sort of, or the, the, the estate association would take care of those common places, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's kind of the, we don't want you to have all of this stuff in each of your, your lots. Um, who knows what that's going to bring to the quality of the other people around you. Maybe it'll offend somebody. It, it's a sensibility thing and also a property value thing that way you're not um, drilling into the house or destroying your land and, and grass and garden and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, we'll agree that there's a common area that everyone can do these things in. And that also kind of promotes back in the day, you went outside and you played with everybody and you went to the family that had the thing that you wanted to play on. Right. So if Jimmy's family had a sandbox and a trampoline in his backyard, everyone migrated over to Jimmy's family. Yeah. And this is kind of that, that bring it back to a common area. Um, so perhaps people in the neighborhood also might not like the loud playing going on around, you know? So, okay, well, who's going to move next to me? We've heard this before, right? Yes. You just Lots of times. Don't know who's going to move next to you. Mm-hmm. So here we can keep the noise away in a common area and you know that's where it's going to be. And you- well, and plus, if you're going to have a family gathering, you you do have an, an outdoor space where you can have that activity and, uh, you know, different different estates like like the Rosewood Estates has different features. So depending upon what feature that particular group has, it's going to vary between each one. But this this particular one, um, it was a three bedroom house. One, two. <coughs> yep, third bedroom in the basement. So two so on the f- main two floor on the and main... one in the basement. Again. Yeah. And again, really nice, big, wide open spaces. Not exactly a handicap accessible like the previous house that we we talked about. But, but it wasn't too bad. Right. It, it, I don't think it had that specifically in mind when they built it. I think they started to migrate towards that is to have everything more handicap accessible. This was... This is like that good stepping stone for if the house is too big for me. Mm-hmm. We want to downsize, but we still want to have that home ownership, but we're not ready to go into that assisted living. These estates are very are kind of set up for that middle transition period where you may be going on vacation quite often. And that way someone's always usually around to kind of keep an eye on the place. They're usually all on main one main level, so that way you don't have, if you're already starting to get into the wheelchair or walkers, it's already designed for that. Mm-hmm. So they try to do the low, minimal steps right, and uh, try to keep everything on, on the one main level. They do usually finish off a basement, or sometimes the basement's unfinished, so that way, for that resale value, you can finish off the basement and you can make create more living space. Or if you get into that... Um yourself and two children perhaps they each have their own bedroom you know that the 
children are going to go off to college or move out of the house at some point, or you're in a, a retransition kind of backwards from that. So you still want your kids to be living with you, even though they're older, maybe their life has changed and now they need something, you know, to be with you. Who knows? Mm -hmm. That way they can have kind of their own space in the basement and you can still be living a free form life up in the, the upstairs. Right. So really those, those homes are really unique mm -hmm. to kind of see how the setup is. So that way you can have that dual family living situation if you need to, or if you're just looking at, you know, I want to downsize, but I'm not ready to the, to do the assisted living. This is a, a great opportunity. So you don't have the huge house. You can have a smaller portion of, of a home and still be able to have your, your independence at the same time. And it has, uh, the, you walk in and large, great room, great room, which is openly accessible into uh, this uh, smaller kitchen that it has and the uh, uh, separate dining, dining area. Yeah. But the great room is very tall ceilings. It's got mm -hmm. that cool shelf up in the top. Perfect um, for a village. Ambient lighting behind it on a switch. Mm -hmm. Very perfect for a village. Yes. So we went and saw those on tour. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, today I went over and did some professional photography for the Rosewood. Yes, which, you did. Which is why I've got that vision in my head already of where things are and how many mm -hmm. bedrooms and all that stuff. So. so, Ben, you take care of all of my photographs now. Yes. For for all my listings. So <laughs> we just want to talk a little bit about the the photography aspect of of listing homes, of the importance of having high quality, great photos. Well, it's the first thing that people see. We we hear this over and over again that people are starting to look for their house journey, their new houses on the internet. So you go on to any of the websites uh, Zillow, Trulia, Homesnap, CodewellBanker.com, and they start looking for houses, literally looking for houses. What do they see? They see the pictures. So that's your first view of, it's your first open house. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I kind of, I look at is, and you probably too, is when you go into the home and you start turning on all the lights, do you start counting how many light bulbs are turned off and or not functioning? And how does that affect the the photos? Well, it depends on the house. Um, one of my tactics and techniques is going to the house during the day, using a lot of that ambient lighting that comes in because it's a specific color. It looks a certain way. And everyone can see this when you walk outside in the snow. It's, it's really blue. Mm -hmm. And then you turn around and you look inside your house and the lights look really orange. So they're different colors. It doesn't blend so well when you do it in a photograph. It looks really obnoxious. Um, and even right now, if you're watching on the YouTube here in the studio, I've got one color of light shining on us, but I've got accent lights in the back. Mm -hmm. They're different colors. So I'll actually go during the day, and I will take photos with the lights off, usually. Now, if it's a dedicated room like a bathroom, which mm -hmm. doesn't have a window, perhaps, okay, or a basement, then turning on the lights that are there is going to help. It'll give a lot of light. Now, do you take extra lighting with you? So that way, if you are in those kind of darker basements, that way you can grab that true look of the basement versus, okay, they're going into a dungeon or they're going into a cave because they're so dark that you just kind of look at the pictures and go, okay, where 
was this? Right. Um, I take flash. So, you know, on your camera, they got the little pop-up thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a big version of that. I mean, we, we've seen these on-camera flashes from the last 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. And the color of light that that produces emulates daylight. Okay. So that's the other reason why I keep the normal lights, the accent lights inside the house off usually. So I'll just use the flash in certain areas and the photos then blend well together. It kind of like using the natural light first and accent it with the flashes. Okay. The The other question that some people always point out to me when they are looking at the pictures, you get these rooms it's, it's going to be like a twofold question here. So we're going to address one first is when they look at it, it looks like it's completely convexed. So they're looking at it and they get this little, it looks like the floor is really wonky or the center of the room kind of pops more, more out. And then it you, just, you can, it looks weird. So can you explain how, how that all happens? You can kind of see the walls are either like they, pointed they look, in yeah. to the top and it looks like you're looking through a fishbowl. Or like yes. uh, uh, the eyes of a fish. Many times that'll happen with what's well, two ways normally. Either the camera is tilted so that the place where you hold it mm-hmm. is higher than the lens. So it's like pointing down or pointing up. Okay. So that gives a weird vantage point. Um, the other reason why it might happen is if you have a lens that's a fisheye lens and it's too wide it'll distort that. It'll cause that barrel shape of distortion. Okay. Now, a lot of that can be fixed with post-processing. That's a whole other discussion in and of itself. Oh, yes. Um, but the basics of post-processing is blending. If you take uh, five photos with different, you know, maybe a flash here on the left and a flash on the right because I've only got one flash to hold. Okay. I can blend all those together. Or, and I can fix some of that distortion that barrel distortion that happens okay now when you do that you might lose some of the image because it has to fit and stretch a little bit to get it back so you'll notice a lot of professional photographers will come in and there's a feature on your camera that you can tell it's level or even take a small level on the back of the camera and sort it out that way okay and then okay so the the other question that i always get is i looked at this picture in this room is so much smaller than what the picture made it look. So we're talking about, you know, maybe a small bedroom or the bathroom. I've even seen it on on kitchens where they'll take the picture of the kitchen and you're like, oh, that's a nice size kitchen. And you get into the kitchen space and you could literally touch the walls. You could go like this and touch the walls and it's a small kitchen, but the pictures just made it huge. Sure. So how how did that get played out as far as is it is it the lens or is it post production? It's perspective. So if you take just a small view and you you frame it in a certain way, yeah, you can get things to look relatively larger or smaller. Uh you notice the Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are full size actors. So how does Gandalf be so much taller than Frodo? It's a perspective and find out the behind the scenes behind that and it'll rock your filmmaking world. You won't look at films the same way. Oh, no, we've I've I definitely have watched that. <laughs> I know how they did it and it it does. 
it it kind of makes you kind of go it spoils the movie a little bit right when when you know how they did it it's like oh okay now i get it so it's all about perspective and how much you show if you only show something without other things to bring scale to it then people might say well it's yeah it's it's big or i know the size of a stove and so your mind bases everything off of the size of the stove. Mm-hmm. So maybe this kitchen that you walked into had an apartment-sized stove or the stove was in such a way that it made the illusion that everything was bigger. Um, perhaps the window was slightly smaller. So your mind thinks, oh, this window is going to be 24 inches. It's, you know, it's going to be a bigger window in the photo when you're looking at it. So there, there's some tricks that can be played with that. That's why we always say from the real estate side now, we always say, go and see the place. We, I do. You know, pictures can tell one side of the story. And if you're only looking at the pictures and going, yeah, I don't really like this house. Yeah, I don't like this house. Or you look at it and go, oh, I really love this. I have taken people in the home who I don't like this house. I've taken them into it as kind of like that. I just want to see your reaction to this. Mm-hmm. And they walk in, they're like, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful home. How come I, how come, you know, I didn't see this? How come this didn't make the list? I'm like, because you rejected it every single time because you didn't like the pictures. Right. But when you walked in, the house hugged you. It welcomed you. It had a different feel. And on the flip side, we've had people look at the pictures and go, oh, I completely love this house. And they get into the house and like, oh, this is not, no, we, we can leave this one off off the table we need to leave because it just doesn't fit for them you know they didn't realize that when they walked in from the garage they're going to be walking into a bedroom or a master suite or it had a fireplace it had a fireplace it it had a a closet It, it just we weren't sure what the purpose of this room was sure yeah and so they're like well we could have used this for a guest room or we could have used this for something else and now we're having everyone come into this room. Well, this isn't going to work. And then they, all the kids start coming into the house and they start running the hot laps. And they're like, I didn't realize that we had a running path. Oh my gosh, this is going to drive me nuts every day. Okay. We can take it off the table. So going in really seeing those homes and just getting in and getting that feel for, okay, if this is how this picture looks, this is kind of what it's going to be like in person. Right. And I keep that in mind when I do the photography. So that it's it's important to have the photos understand accuracy of scale, accuracy of color, and give a a, a walkthrough so you can kind of view how the spaces connect with each other. So do you kind of first walk through the house and go, okay, if I was coming in from the front door, so my guests are coming in from the front door, I stood here and I took a picture of the living room so that way I can see this great room. In the back is going to be the dining room, and then off to the side is the kitchen. So that way you can kind of see that layout in a wide view, but then start making smaller pictures so that way we can see the the greatness and the and the the yumminess of this great room, and then also feature those the dining room separate along with the kitchen. Do you is there a plan on how to do that so that way I can see the big picture, but yet at the same time I want to be able to see those smaller, more intimate areas. Sure. And I can start using some um, panoramic type photos as well, taking three images and move the camera slightly between those images and then it blends them 
afterwards. Okay. I mean, we, we remember the panoramic photos of the 90s where it's like 30 inches long and mm-hmm. three inches tall. This is not that, but same kind of principle, especially in smaller spaces. Um, I photographed a living room that you couldn't quite move around so well where the furniture was placed, but it was a large living room. Mm-hmm. So just doing one snapshot photo didn't seem to fit it. And so I did this little bit of a panorama, stretching it out a little bit, kind of making my lens into a wider view of a lens without changing the hardware. Okay. Um, so that's that helps give kind of a flow, you know, so you can see in the, the, the one picture where all the windows are in that room, where the exit doors are into a hallway and into a kitchen, et cetera. So that's, that's a trick. Um, the biggest thing for me is accuracy. My photography background came through law enforcement and legal photography. Okay. So one of the things I, I despise is you look at the photos that are on online and the colors are horrible and everything's distorted. It's like this is not an accurate representation of the property. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Well, we run into that often where we're actually standing there with our data sheets, with all of our pictures, and we're trying to piece together as we're standing in the house of, okay, so where did this picture get taken? And even our buyers are saying the same thing too. And the nice thing is you do a great job with all of our our listing photos because it's a great representation of of the product that we are going to put out on every single one of our listings. This is, we make sure it's good. And We've had sellers who are there when you take the pictures and they want to approve. They want they want to see the finished product before it goes live. So that way, if they feel like the house itself is not represented well, represented well, they have that voice of saying, no, I want you to retake those pictures. And I, I keep reminding myself where I am with my house. I put a lot of passion into my house, put a lot of effort into my house. and. I want it represented well. One of the things that's nice kind of to have the sellers there, at least for an introduction, when I take the photographs and we can ask, what are your favorite features of the house? Uh, We had one on Wisconsin River Drive and a great feature, not only was the fireplace, but then around the corner, there was an extended alcove. Mm -hmm. Uh, The three season porch was kind of a a rounded shape. It It was really cool. And they were like, yeah, we, we like, sitting here and watching the fire there. So what do I do with the camera? I lower it down to seating level and I get that viewpoint because they enjoy that viewpoint for a reason. They've been enjoying it for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. So why not show it off? Right. And those are really good key things to do if it has that. We've had beautiful staircases Mm -hmm. in some of our listings where I'm going to say that you you like to to nerd out when you get to those nice wooded old staircases where you you take your time of photographing those things well. So that way they show well. And that's the feature of the house. That's what's going to sell the house is that beautiful old staircase. Now, you may have spent a little bit longer time because when I see those old staircases, I want, you like I want nice pictures. You yes. like architecture. I love the architecture. So I'm going to want some nice pictures of that, of that's a beautiful stairwell. We really need to capture coming into the house, seeing this big grand staircase with these beautiful old wooden panels that are matching it. That just, 
I want to be in that house. I want to have that staircase. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are always the fun times, and especially talking with the owners. And they're like, oh, yeah, we love it, too. We had all the kids' prom pictures on that staircase. We had, you know, all the wedding photos, too. And, you know, just having that that time to enjoy the home with the homeowner. And then sometimes if there's features of the house like that or small things, maybe a doll collection. Um, someone might have a collection of horses, mm-hmm. you know, modern miniature horses that they have on display, something like that. Okay, so I take an extra couple of minutes and I do some nice vignette shots of, you know, their collection. Heck yeah, that's going to go a long way. It took me an extra minute. Right. You know, because I already had the stuff there. Um, one of the nice things that I'm going to start incorporating this year is, is some more video, some moving, it's moving pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what that's going to help do along with the stills is create uh, continuity between spaces. So really at, at that virtual walkthrough, you know, it having, ho- hopefully help helping people envision themselves in that space. Now we're not really going to talk about drone photography because that's like a whole new ball of wax. And so we don't really mm-hmm. want to get, get into that, but I do want to talk about the aerial shots that you have started taking. So it's not done with a drone. Can you explain to our listeners how, how do you get those shots without using the drone? Okay. Um, well, first of all, when I would think of using a drone is for like we have 12 acres of land. And getting kind of the, the shot of such an expansive place, that would be good for a drone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think drones aren't so useful when they're in the city. And you're just trying to figure out, okay, now I have to pause the video. Where is that house supposed to be? No, I don't see where that house, it doesn't make sense. I know that we we talked a lot of with the drone photography just just be about when they get so high up right that we don't even know where the house is and if you start off with that high shot of the home and I don't even know where the house is it's frustrating it is very frustrating <clears throat> and I have to click through four or five pictures of high shots that don't I don't know where the house is. Right, and and you start losing interest, and then people click away and look to the next property. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's advantageous sometimes to get more of an elevated shot, so maybe something that's thirty feet up in the air, instead of sixty or ninety feet up in the air. So, how do you get to those shots without using a drone? Because none of our above pictures are done using a drone. I take a camera, and I put it on top of a stick. And I use a remote control. It's magic. It is magic. Mm-hmm. So so technology is our friend. There's a, a number of different apps and products. And honestly, you can get an extendable pole that connects to another pole and an adapter for the end of it, which fits onto your camera. And poof, you've now got a camera 30 feet in the air. So you can emulate some of those to give uh, a wider view. and hopefully help people understand where things fit on the property. So uh, especially in the backyard, um, we had a property over on 37th. What was that? Uh, Township. Township. Yes. Township. Township. That would have been perfect Um, because they had a great backyard. It was well landscaped. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of small features, but it was very cohesively done. Yes. And that was very beautifully done too. And 
the aerial shots that we had of that that house was actually the cellar going up on top of of the house and standing on his roof. And of course, we we don't recommend that <clears throat> sellers be excited like that and just run up on top of their own roof. He he was very excited was, about it, but and, he was comfortable with it. It's yeah, kind of one of the things that he did for a living. So yeah, so you know we we let him <laughs> and and that was fine. But you know using using a camera high in in the air, like you said, 30, 60 feet to get that backyard shot of this is how the backyard is. That way we don't have to worry about owning a drone or having the drone license and carrying the insurance for all that. I mean, we don't worry about that Mm -hmm. because we're not doing that, but we're getting those nice aerial shots for you, but just not using the drone. Right. And if we need a drone for something, maybe we have a, a farm with 56 acres that we want to, uh, who knows, many examples. I got a guy. Yeah. So we know people and we can make it happen for you if you're a seller and you've got a half million dollar property that you are insistent that has this. Maybe it's on waterfront. I was going to say lakefront uh, property. Yeah. That would be a great shot coming off the water up into uh, to the house so that way you can kind of see how that's going to look from the boat view. So we still have resources to do that. Don't worry. But it's it's not something that we want to press on. I think personally it's sometimes overdone. Um, and the market around here just doesn't have a lot of opportunity to do that. I mean, they're, they're cool shots. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're not trying to, to say anything bad about, about using drone photography. It, it is just something. Place. Right. It has its place. It just doesn't have a place with us. Not yet. For 90% of what we do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we don't do a waterfront property. We would definitely be looking at doing some some drone footage, especially from that boat view. I think that would be adding a lot of features to it. Mm-hmm. Or we could find someone with a boat and we can just take the photos on a boat. Could. We could. Yep. So we, lots of lots of different options. But really, photography is the first view of your listing. It's the first time someone's going to see it. It needs to be well done or else it's not going to represent your property well. Um, and trying to get that higher dollar for your property and yeah. having those good photos so that way you're getting a lot of people to the house. Right. And having them go, I want this house because those photos were, it looked really great in photos. Exactly. Um, talking about statistics, now back in my realtor mode. Okay. okay. Statistics from last year. List price versus sold price sold price you were over a hundred percent yes so this is not the number but relatively if it was a hundred thousand dollar house statistically you would be getting the house sold for like a hundred thousand and yeah it was like a hundred and one so just over yep so one of the reasons is you presented things well we started out with good photography being that first view and then all the other marketing resources that you let into. Mm-hmm. It's so. all about having your, your agent work for you and right. with you. And there has to be that component of with the the homeowner. You know, I'm working for you, but at the same time, I want to be working with you on this. So if you have an idea or I have an idea, I like bouncing those ideas off of, you know what, this is what I think we should do. How do you feel about it? You know, I want to always make sure my sellers have a have a say in it and make sure that it's sitting well with them. So that way there, there are no surprises. I'm just not showing up with, you know, this or that and going, well, this is what we're doing today. And this is how we're going to do it. 
it's laid out very well of, I want to make sure that you are okay with this because this is also your home. I'm going home to my own home that I love and like, but this is the house that you're still living in. So I wanted to be very respectful of, of your home and want it represented well. Well, us as the agent, we're representing our client. And that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I really want to uh, reinforce is that the customers and the clients, it's your property. You have a say in it and really speak up. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're trying to do this educational portion with, with the podcast. Right. Sit down, have a conversation, and hopefully educate everyone about, you know, you, you can speak up. There are, we're here for you. Right. If you, you as a seller and you may not be using us, but you want to see what those pictures look like before they hit the the market, you have every right to say, I want to see that because it's still your, your house. And if you know, you want to have an open house or you're not too keen on doing a Facebook live post, you know, say something to your, your agent, or if you want to have that, say it, speak up. It's, you know, we're, we're here to, to, to help get you your house sold quickly and for for the that top dollar. And we don't get paid unless your house sells. Very true. So, so all of the marketing that we do yet on top of it, you know, we're we're we pay for that. So that way your house does get marketed. And if it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell, but we still paid for it. Right. So, so anyways. Photography is fun. It is. It is. Do we have any open houses coming up? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Well, we'll keep everybody posted if we do. Yeah. So area activities. Oh. So Friday and Saturday, we've got the River Kings over at the hockey rink. We are doing our first River King and actually really first hockey game ever this Friday. Okay. So. We're, We're playing hockey? No, we're not playing. I don't think they would let us play. Are we driving the Zamboni? Let me work on it. Okay. Okay. But we're going to our first hockey game. I've never been to a hockey game. Okay. I watched hockey on TV. It, it's an experience. That's what I hear. Especially with this, um, uh, it's what, semi-pro? Mm-hmm. So they're a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the, the hockey team was over at the River Kings. They were at Sunrise Rotary this morning, mm-hmm. and they were talking about their season and everything that they're doing with the community. So not only are there are they players, but they also have to get jobs in the area or they have to work over at the rink. And then they also have community hours that they have to fulfill yet too on top of it. So this is a good group of teens from all across the world. So we actually have someone from France and I'm going to say it wrong, but it's in, it's near the Alps. It's, it's it's a small little tiny country. I'm gonna I forgot it, but um, but we have we have people from all across the world it's who are cool. coming to Wisconsin Rapids to play hockey. Yeah. So that's gonna be really really entertaining and really I'm excited to go. And then on Saturday at the River Kings event, there's uh, the mayor's youth council is going to be there talking about uh, area activities in the YMCA and mm-hmm. how youth can get more involved with things. Yep. So that'll be cool too. Um, the community theater is putting on Heaven Can Wait. I've seen a couple of uh, posters out. Yep. So that's the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All right. And then Sunday, of course, over at the Alexander House is the Ritters with 
quilts and ceramics. Very nice. Uh, Saturday, if you're looking for ceramic things to do, uh, the Cultural Center at 930 in the morning is having a ceramics class as well. Very exciting. You know, get that artistic thing going. I did ceramics all throughout high school. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. All right. Well, that's all I have. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And you guys have a great Central Wisconsin day. Bye-bye.